0: Else. Nick, welcome to the Ward family.
1: Nick, where did you grow up? So I grew up in a small town in northern Nevada called Minden. Minden is about an hour south of Reno um, on the east side of Lake Tahoe. So if you if you start in Reno and drive through Carson City and keep going, you'll run into Minden.
0: And what was growing up there like?
1: It was great. It was really great. Small town feel, but uh, like a pretty strong presence from the church. So three wards there. There's four wards now. That was great. Very like free-range vibes. Lived kind of at the edge of the neighborhood, and there was just sort of sagebrush and open space to go play in, so uh, I don't know. Childhood memories are just like being outside. Behind our house, we built a little paintball arena with my brothers. I'm the third of four, and I have two older brothers, so paintball. We had a paintball phase. Lake Tahoe is close by, so that's like uh, we spent a lot of time there as well, but it was a great place to grow up really loved it.
0: Any big adventures in the wide open or you know any Maybe in hindsight cool experiences, but at the time kind of scary.
1: <laughs> no, no real like Bear grills stuff I do remember if anyone is familiar with the area like the one of the main peaks on that side of Lake Tahoe is called Job's Peak and uh, You can hike up it, but you hike from the lake side uh, and we went for my brother's birthday once and we lived uh, the town Minden is is opposite the lake on the other side of the mountain and we hiked up the back up the trail and then for some reason we're like oh maybe we could go down this other way and sort of ended up going down the front and getting totally lost but not dangerously so. That was not even really a near brush or anything, (laughs) but that is my one memory of being sort of off the beaten path and not knowing where we were for a little bit.
0: And as you were growing up at school, were there certain subjects that you really enjoyed or were there certain sports teams that you played on or other things like that?
1: Subject-wise, not really. Still trying to figure out what I'm going to be when I grow up, so... it never like gravitated towards one field, but uh, stumbled through all of it. Okay, and I played soccer and basketball in high school. A couple years of soccer and then basketball all throughout. So that was stayed busy with that uh, sports-wise. It.
0: And for anyone who wants to hear about Nick's basketball career, he, I can refer you to his More Than Moves uh, episode a little while ago.
1: Yeah, go go check it out. And for anyone who wants to be a part of my basketball career. We have a, a weekly pickup game. Just contact myself and or Eric Anderson, who happens to run it, and we'll get you looped in. We're always looking for more people.
0: There you go. Were you a member of the church growing up? I was, yeah. Yep. All right. So, what was that like? Did, were you like in it to win it, you know, from the get go, or you know, did it take you a little while to
1: you know <laughs> yeah. warm up
0: to the church? No,
1: I mean it's it's all I know and all I remember. Um, like. Um, grandparents on both sides going back for a ways were members of the church and my parents as well. So, yeah, I I would say in in it to win it. I mean, in the same way that all of us sort of, uh, you know, bumble through adolescence and learn about the church and discover a testimony along the way. I, I don't think there's anything too atypical about my journey, but grateful that it's always been a part of my life.
0: And were, kind of growing up, were there certain experiences that you had that you felt like were particularly formative or maybe that stand out in your memory? Or alternatively, were there certain leaders that maybe made a particular difference to you?
1: Definitely young men's leaders. Uh, influ- obviously, starting with my parents, a few young men's leaders stand out for sure. My best friend growing up in high school, his dad was our young men's president for most of the time that I was in young men's. Um, and had a great relationship with them and still do. And he stands out as, as a leader that was, uh, shared his testimony often and in really sincere ways that, that definitely stuck. And then I think obviously the most formative experience testimony wise was just preparing for a mission and, and going on a mission and all of the soul searching that happens as you make that decision and that process. And then the growth that comes along with it is, you know, if I had to point to any one thing the most formative piece of my testimony, gaining experience, I guess.
0: And I can't remember, did you do some college first or did you go out on a mission at a high school?
1: Yeah, I did a, a year of school at BYU first. Oh. Um, so got uh, got away from home and made sure I could do my own laundry and, <laughs> and uh, you know, cook the microwave dinners. And then after that, was headed out.
0: Got it. All right. So we'll, I guess we'll get there in a minute. But so while you were in high school, uh, you and Jenny meet. Um, for those of you who have heard Jenny's episode, you've heard a little bit about how it went down, but anything that you'd like to add to the record there in terms of you and Jenny kind of um, getting together? Or?
1: I live a very charmed life. feel incredibly grateful that I met Jenny when I was 17 and um, never really looked back, so I'm, I'm going to be really void of any sort of dating advice for our children because <laughs> I met Jenny and was pretty sure she was the one I wanted to be with from the get go we met at lake tahoe some friends introduced us we're very interested in each other from the start but also at that age and in that context it's very clear that there's a looming two-year mission on the horizon and so we enjoyed getting to know each other i took jenny to prom when she was in college which i can't remember exactly what she said on her episode of the podcast but i count among the biggest achievements of my 32 years here on earth we we dated but um not too seriously knowing that um kind of wanted to make things easier as i went on a mission um and then wrote for two years uh at the mercy of the mexican postal service which jenny still has some gripes about to this day and then got home Uh, i went on i think one date other than with jenny in that time after i met her and it was like Mm. all the experience i needed to be certain that uh Jenny was the one for me.
0: In terms of when you first met her and then as you were getting to know her, like what were some of the things that kind of stood out to you about her that, you know, kind of where you kind of felt like, oh, maybe she's the the one for me.
1: There's so many ways to answer that question. I think 17 year old me from my perspective, I don't want to be disrespectful or <laughs> I had never met anyone who I observed as being, and this was, I grew up in a really small town is the context. So there were members of the church, but they're like, it, was just, it wasn't It was like growing up in Provo. I hadn't met anyone who I felt like, oh, they're very committed to the church and they like share my values. And I also find them to be hilarious and fun and vibrant and just like really engaging. And Jenny was all of those things. And then, you know, on top of that, just beautiful and wonderful and shared the same interests in music. And she liked to play basketball. And like I said, it, I'm, I have no dating advice for anyone because I felt like I met my perfect match real easily.
0: And in terms of going to BYU, was that just the expectation like kind of within your family or was it because of the ch- kind of church connection or what end, what kind of led you to BYU?
1: Good question. There's some funny stories here too. It, I think it was like what, like you described, BYU makes a lot of sense if you're able to go and I was able to go just in terms of being both a great school and very cost friendly and also um, just yeah, really wanted to be among a broader group of members of the church. It was the only school I applied to. Shortly after I started dating Jenny, her sister's husband, who I barely knew at the time and is now one of my best friends in the world, he wrote me a letter on BYU letterhead. He was working in some student department at BYU he wrote me a letter on BYU letterhead that basically said like your admission has been rescinded we like found some discrepancies in your transcript or some past behavior and we're gonna and we're sorry to report that you can't go to BYU and I like totally bought it I opened the letter I read it I remember reading in my room and thinking like this is it this is I can't go to college I didn't apply anywhere else it's March um like it's over uh and he he wrote the letter to be progressively more ridiculous until you sort of turn the page and realize it's a joke. And I spent five minutes thinking about how I was going to tell my mom, I'm not going to college. Um, and then I flipped it over and it was a joke. And like for those five minutes, I really wished I had considered other options. Thankfully, it was a joke. And uh, I felt, if anything, sort of more welcomed into the group having been pranked like that. But uh, that was the best prank that's been played on me to this day.
0: And so once you figured out that your offer of admission had not been rescinded, what did you end up studying at BYU?
1: I traveled around a lot of majors. My freshman year, I took it like econ 110 intro economics class and thought that was really fun and super hard and there's no way I'm going to want to go do that. And I, I just felt intimidated by it, which is a, a regret because then I spent a couple years shopping around every other different major before saying like, mm, maybe I could do this. And then I went back and studied economics. So.
0: And was there something about economics that initially attracted you? And then maybe now that in hindsight, you know, was the right fit for you?
1: Yeah, I think economics is super fun just because I like the idea of all sorts of unintuitive relationships that you learn about when you study economics and the fact that like the field can be applied to everyday behaviors, everyday phenomena that you observe that um, you might not think about otherwise. So enjoy that. I mean, it's. If anybody went to BYU and when I went, give or take 10 years, they might have taken a class from um, Professor Curl who teaches this intro economics class and he's this really intimidating persona but very engaging and gives um, sort of interesting lectures about different econ phenomena and uh, was kind of hooked by that. Kept it at arm's length because I felt it was like beyond me for a while and then went back and studied it. Not to come across as like, oh, I'm so smart that I studied economics because I think if I could do it, anyone could do it, but like I was just sort of intimidated by it at the beginning.
0: And you went on a mission. It sounded like it was to Mexico. So where in Mexico? Uh,
1: so I served in Veracruz, which is um, if you sort of if you start in Mexico City and go east till you hit the coast, you'd be in Veracruz.
0: And what was that
1: like? It was great. It was awesome. I I think feel very uh, pampered to have gone to Mexico just by virtue of like the people that are so welcoming to any any message about Christ. Um, and so it was great. Uh, really, really felt super welcomed for the most part. I, I think one time someone threw a tomato at me and I felt like oh this is great like I got persecuted a little bit I feel like this is what is supposed to happen but otherwise like um it was really wonderful it's a it's a beautiful green state um like really really cool natural beauty and uh obviously met lifelong friends there so it was wonderful
0: and so is it a more rural area or is it still bigger I mean not, it's not going to be as big as Mexico City but yeah. you know like yeah what was that like
1: yeah, I should know more facts about this. The city of Veracruz is a it's a coastal city, um, and that like port city is is fairly large. It's like near where Hernán Cortez landed when he like came to the Americas and his house is still there. It's like decaying and cool. Um but there there are a few big cities there. I think there may be two temples now in the state of Veracruz, so like it, it's fairly large cities, but also I I served in Um, Those cities as well as like spent time in tiny towns where we met in a house and had a small branch. So it was was good to get like the smattering of both, I think.
0: And were there any particular investigators or particular experiences from your mission that kind of stand out in your memory?
1: There's lots. A few come to mind. I think one that I had one opportunity to teach in, in an entire family that joined the church together as a family. Um, And and that was a really great experience. Um, And it included like the father was just really excited about the church, but also was a smoker and had been trying to quit for a long time. And just having the opportunity to teach the whole family together, watch their father work through the process of of quitting smoking, which was a challenging process for him and then be baptized together. That was really fulfilling. Um, But also, you know, many other experiences, like even, you know, that, that, that one stands out in my mind just by virtue of being able to, to teach a whole family together.
0: And then, how about your own experience on the mission? Like, in what ways do you feel like you grew, expanded your testimony, or maybe expanded your worldview, or just matured as an individual? Yeah. You know, yeah what kind of impact personally did, did, did the mission have?
1: Too much to, to squeeze into one, to one podcast, but um, a couple things really stand out. One big takeaway was. Learning that I could really get along well with anybody, you learn that on a mission just by virtue of having a companion, and you have you know fifteen or eighteen or however many companions over your mission, and you're you're bound. It's a it's a large enough number that you're bound to get a few people whose interests are very opposite of yours, and some of those people who I was companions with just became really good friends to the point where I was like, I thought I had no idea I could like you this much and disagree so much with the way you act and, and your preferences. Um, so that was a really good thing. And I think the other thing is, it's just challenging. Like missions are really challenging. And my freshman year of college leading up to my mission in the beginning of my mission, just felt a ton of anxiety and pressure and stress about these two years that are ahead of me. And I think the biggest thing, one of the biggest takeaways and learnings from that was uh, you just keep going and you keep praying and you keep asking Heavenly Father for help. And the phenomena of like, this is a podcast, this is a tell all the phenomena of being like crying yourself to sleep that first night in the MTC and just thinking like, this is this, how am I ever going to do this? And then just like one day after another, continuing to work and continuing to pray and just feeling like that stress and anxiety slowly fell away until one day you're kind of walking around in Mexico thinking, Oh, like I'm, I'm quite enjoying myself. And I, I, I feel great. I don't feel any of that stress and pressure. Um, that experience has been really foundational just as, You know, after the mission, you get married and a job and kids and you hit so many similar experiences where you feel that same type of like wake up before your alarm clock anxiety and remembering, okay, I just you keep putting one foot in front of the next. You keep praying and you keep asking for help and it comes. So I think that is like another real big takeaway that my mission was a foundational experience for me.
0: And did you know Spanish before going to Mexico or did you learn it in the context of the mission?
1: No, I I took Two years of public high school Spanish, which is the equivalent of about a half an hour in the MTC. (laughs) So uh, yeah, no, no Spanish, but um, enjoyed learning Spanish a lot and taught Spanish at the MTC when I came home and wish, wish I did more to keep my Spanish up currently. But uh, something, it's kind of one of those perpetual goals of like, I need to continue to try to keep it up.
0: So you got back, you and Jenny start dating again and then eventually get married and you graduate, um, you know, kind of in economics and all that. Just remind me, what brought you guys out to the Bay
1: Area? Let's see, I was in school, took a leisurely five years to do it with a two-year mission in the middle. Uh, And once I sort of decided on economics, I was thinking, oh, I really like this. I I kind of enjoyed teaching. I was a teaching assistant um, in a few classes and thought, oh, maybe I want to get a PhD. Um, And so was on that trajectory, um, was taking more math classes to try and get ready for that. And at some point, somebody stopped me and was like, you know, when you get a PhD, like, it's not actually a lot of teaching. It's like a lot of research and a lot of being by yourself at a computer. And it was like, oh, okay, maybe this is a bad idea. So I sort of pivoted and was like, okay, I studied economics. I like the sort of research nature of this. Um, I like the, these types of questions, but I don't want to do a PhD and ended up doing kind of the next most adjacent thing which was i I started working for an economic consulting company um, after college that did research support for expert witnesses so answering similar economics types questions but um, working in teams and a lot more collaborative and just uh, ended up being a good fit and that job was in memo park so we moved to memo park uh, in 2016 right after our oldest daughter rosie was born and we were there for four and a half years um, working at that job, and then spent a year in Nevada during COVID. Went there thinking we'd be there for a few days, stayed a lot longer. I think Jenny may have covered this, but, and then switched jobs around that time to uh, another job out here in the Bay Area and moved back kind of as COVID was, well, as vaccines were rolling out and returning to work was starting to be a thing. And that's when we moved here to Mountain View. So that was about a year and a half ago.
0: You're now a dad? Um, three girls. So what's that been like in terms of, you know, both getting married, but then now starting a family and stuff?
1: So great. It's been so great. It's been such a ride. It's weird to think Rosie turned seven a few weeks ago and you're like, wow, seven years. How that's flew by. But it's been so good. We like tremendously lucky to have three wild energetic fun crazy daughters and to watch them grow up together and start to form friendships um it's the best it is it is the best every now and then people will find out that we have three girls and they'll just like sort of look at me and say were you trying for a boy like you were trying to get a boy right I'm like no of course not we got a good thing going we have like this fun group they're um they're great it's just every day is Hilarious and challenging, and our house is never clean. And <laughs> they, are they Jenny and I like to say, they fight hard and they love hard. <laughs> but um, it's great. It's, there's just nothing better.
0: As you go forward in time, are there, you know, when you think back on maybe your own childhood and you know some of the things that maybe your parents tried to instill in you, are there certain things that you're hoping to kind of instill in your own kids or? You know, when when they become adults and they kind of look back, they might say, oh, I'm really glad that, you know, my dad helped me learn blah or, you know, help me know blank.
1: It feels like every few months I have another new occasion to call my parents and be like, thank you for, for dealing with this thing that I'm now dealing with that I had no idea how challenging it was. But there are lots of things, obviously, like want to pass down a testimony of the gospel and want to pass down a relationship with Christ. And that's that's top of the list. Um, I think there, there are other things I grew up in a home where my mom really emphasized music. Um, she plays the piano really well. She taught us to play the piano, um, and want to try to pass that down and make music a part of our home. So we've been Rosie, Rosie just started taking piano lessons from my mom, which is pretty cool. Uh, they do like a zoom piano thing. And then I sort of try to give some guidance with my meager skills. But, uh, that is one thing that comes to mind is like, Oh man. I remember being so frustrated with my mom when she was teaching me piano and thinking, like, why is this so hard? And now trying to help Rosie and thinking, oh, man, this is so challenging to be patient. Um, But that's another one. I think another one also is just, like, trying to be outside as much as possible. Like, I feel a lot of anxiety and the things that keep me up at night about the world that our kids will grow up in versus what I grew up in where, you know, uh, ubiquitous screens and smartphones just weren't a thing when i grew up but they have totally become you know omnipresent now in the world our kids grow up in and that's a fact you can't change that so you have to learn to live in that world and when i think about growing up i just spent a lot of time outside my dad when we were young like bought a whitewater raft and took us rafting and that was a big part of what we did and just like like i said you know paintball or whatever it is and so trying to trying to keep up with that and as much as i can of just keeping our kids outside And uh, that's that's something that I would really like to pass down is just like them enjoying being outside and spending time outside. Those are a few of the many really great heritages that I've been given for my parents that would love to try and and give to our kids.
0: Well, there's just a lot to look forward to and, um, you know, just a wonderful family that you have. I I know one of your kids better than the other two, but (laughs) if she's any sign, I'm sure all three of them are a ton of fun. And, um, so yeah, so, uh, Nick, thanks for being on today and, you know, hopefully people who don't know you in the ward yet, or maybe don't feel like they knew you as well, you know, will kind of come and say hi, or, you know, this will kind of spur other conversations for you within the ward. So thanks again for doing this.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: And hopefully some people will also take you up on basketball as well. Yeah. It's in their wheelhouse.
1: Come, come play basketball. Come hang. Even if it's not in your wheelhouse, come hang. It's, uh, with all, all that was required is, uh desire no no talent necessary as evidenced by me showing up <laughs>